0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So, there's a very old Christmas sermon from the 10th century. It starts like this. Here begins the story of the miracles that happened before the advent of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It says here about the famous event that happened on this day that the Almighty Lord Himself sought out this world and was born into this world through a spotless woman so He could redeem all humankind from the torments of those in hell and bring them to the glory of the heavenly kingdom. And on this day, which is the Almighty Lord's birthday, He filled all of this Middle Earth with the new light of His coming. I was struck by the words of another old sermon, this one only about 400 years old, preached to the pilgrims just before they departed on the Mayflower for the new world. John Robinson preached to them and said, "'I am very confident.'" The Lord hath more truth and light yet to break forth out of His holy word. And I have seen that to be so true for me this week. You know, I've been in ministry for 20 years. I've preached a lot of Christmas Eve sermons. If you only take all the times I saw Charlie Brown's Christmas special, I have heard this passage read more times than I care to think about. But I saw something new. This week, I realized that all these years I've complained about three kings at Christmas time. Maybe I was a little bit off. Now, let me be clear. I was not off in complaining about the phenomenon which you so often see where the magi, the wise men, or the kings, we really don't know what exactly they were other than that they were coming from the east. They were some sort of wise people, astrologers, people with some power, people who had enough means to bring gifts. We don't even know that there were three of them. We only know that there were three kinds of gifts that were brought, and we know that there was more than one. Beyond that, we don't know. But we do know that they're not in the story yet. In fact, here at St. Andrew's, you may see them in the creche. There are no magi. They're over on the organ right now, My old church, we did some math and figured out that uh, based on the size of the kings, if we wanted to be historically accurate, we should put them somewhere around Dundalk when Advent started and have them just kind of march around the beltway to Pikesville. But there are three kings mentioned here in our text tonight. The first, of course, is Caesar Augustus, really an emperor more even than a king. The emperor of the the world-dominant hyperpower of the of the day, the Roman Empire. And when Caesar issued a decree, when Caesar spoke, things happened. Think about another king, Pharaoh in the Ten Commandments. Remember Yule Brenner saying, So let it be written, so let it be done. Caesar Augustus, when he said, So let it be written, that there will be a census, a census was taken of the entire Roman world. And then we find out about, or we get a reference to another king, Joseph taking his family to Bethlehem, the town of David, King David. He was a descendant of David. But the glory days of David's kingdom were a thousand years in the past at that point. When Isaiah was prophesying, a few hundred years after the glory days of David when he talked about how the land of Zebulun and Naphtali was Galilee of the Gentiles, not exactly the super center of all that was great among God's people at the time. He was describing a situation that continued all the way until the events of Christ's birth, He was not born in downtown metropolitan any place. He was born in Bethlehem, but his family was from Nazareth, which was not the best place to be from. As we heard later on, one of his disciples said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And then this message comes of all people to shepherds. Mama did not want to let her babies grow up to be shepherds. Shepherding is what you did when you couldn't get something else. Shepherding was hard work. It was dangerous. It was cold. And these shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, would have been shivering and miserable. And to them of all people, an angel of the one true God of the universe, appears, the glory of the Lord shining around them. Naturally, they're terrified. They've never seen anything like this. But the angel says, as angels tend to say whenever they encounter a human being, don't be afraid. It's good news. So, we start this story with the peak of secular power, and yet we find ourselves here in the troughs But there is a third king, of course, in this story, the baby king, Christ the Lord, our Savior, not coming as we would expect a king to come, not coming in power, not riding in on a horse, probably riding in inside his mom on a donkey and lying among the animals in a stable of all places. And yet, this is the way that God chose to do it, as he so often does. I'm reminded of a song by Carolyn Ahrens from the 90s, she said, There's no heart so lost it cannot be found. There are no hopeless circumstances. There's no such thing as a God forsaken town. There are always second chances. God comes to the lowly, bringing what is most great. And so, this old English poem from the 10th century goes on to say that from the beginning of the world, all God's saints spoke about this event that we honor today. They sang about it in books and in holy songs. And even though they all spoke and preached about it, nevertheless, one of God's saints sang most clearly about the glory of this day and said, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Because on this day, the King of kings, and the ruler of all rulers, for the love of us, sought this middle earth from the high kingdom of heaven, because the heavenly things serve Him gloriously with the earthly and with this lowly creation. Amen.